What is the Invictus deception? Guys, we have a warning all throughout scripture, and the warning is this. Do not be deceived. Why is that warning in the Bible? That warning is there because it's possible to be deceived. And when we think about deception, it's really adopting a mindset, following a teaching, or being persuaded to turn away from the Lord and following anything that's contrary to Christ. For ambitious Christian men like us, it's so important that we understand our identity and that we understand the government of God that we entered into. Because in the kingdom, it is not a democracy. Kingdoms are governed by laws, and it is not the rule of the people or the will of man. We are committed to following Jesus as our Lord, and we become disciples. In today's episode, I want to take on something that I believe is deceptive in nature, and we all must be careful with this message. And the message is this, that there's good in man and that we can be good. We can live a life that's disciplined. We can live a life that's founded on good virtues. But if it's apart from God, it's dangerous for us as kingdom men to subscribe to messages that push this belief. The self-willed life I just described is best encapsulated by a famous poem titled Invictus. And in today's episode, I'm going to break it all down for you. Let's get into it. This is Raising the Standard, leadership, mindset, and development for the ambitious Christian man. Identify, unlock, and access spiritual secrets and strategies grounded in biblical truth so you can run your race and maximize your impact and influence. It's time to lead yourself, your family, and your world. Let's get after it. Okay, guys, welcome to another episode of Raising the Standard. So I have something in my sights today. There's something I'm going to go after. And I first got to let you know, there are a lot of mixed messages out there. As Christian men, we have to decide and we have to discern what we agree with and what we must reject. And guys, it's in everything. In fact, I think the number one issue right now is this issue of mixture. It's things that are good things that sound good, and things that are even virtuous. And this message of mixtures in everything, it's from our entertainment that we consume, it's the messages of influencers posting on their social media channels, and sadly, mixture is also within the church. And I'll just say this, when I talk about the superficial messages within the church today, I'm not attacking all churches, but superficial messages mixed with the language of self-help apart and absent from the anointing of the Holy Spirit will have no eternal impact. It may motivate you, it may inspire you in the moment, but it will not be the gold, the silver, or the precious stones that Paul talks about in Corinthians, and that signifies works that last, works and words that have impact, that affect eternity. So what do we do? As kingdom men, we have to learn to exercise discernment. In other words, guys, we have to learn to find the meat and then learn to spit out the bones. So as guys, I am just like you. I love hero stories. I love movies that depict and illustrate cases and stories of courage. My favorite movies are Gladiator, Braveheart. I even love the newer movies that feature the Navy SEALs like Zero Dark Thirty. And I love these inspirational stories of past and present warriors that confront injustice, they fight against evil, they push back the power of darkness. They just really inspire me. Okay, so why do we love movies like this? 
because I love courage. I love and I'm inspired by anyone that's exhibiting a courageous life and they confront right in the face of evil. They confront injustice. And there's something about that strength that men exhibit. It just stirs the soul. And I believe it does so in you and in me because it's touching something that God created us for. So I want to talk about this deception of Invictus. That's how I opened up the show. And you're going to see why I'm talking about courage, because I want to come back to that. But first, I want to share this poem with you. Famous poem has been read and inspired millions of people. In fact, Nelson Mandela was known to quote this poem when he was sitting in a prison in South Africa. And on the flip side of the spectrum, Timothy McVeigh invoked this poem right before receiving lethal injection because of the Oklahoma City bombing. So let's give a quick background on Invictus. Invictus in Latin means unconquered. And this poem is most well known for its themes of willpower and strength in the face of adversity. So what's wrong with that? Because that sounds pretty good. You know, I don't live in a Bible bookstore. My whole house isn't just Christian books and Christian movies. I can surely take inspiration and motivation from all sorts of things that happened in history. So why am I talking about Invictus today? Well, I'm talking about it for a couple of reasons because I think it illustrates something when I talk about mixture and when I talk about things that we need to learn how to discern messages that there's sometimes there's something we can take from it, but there's sometimes something we have to exercise discernment and we have to reject as kingdom men. So let me just give you the poem right now. I'm going to read it to you. It's very short. And I want to see if you're taking away the same thing that I am seeing. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. That poem was written by the English poet William Ernest Henley. So what is the issue? Guys, I'm going to tell you right now, the self-centered life stands in direct contrast and confrontation with the man of God who has submitted his way to the Lord. So let me give you a little bit more background on Henley, who wrote the poem. He wrote it when he was 27 years old. He was, he was battling tuberculosis, so certainly had a hard life. That would also indicate why he wrote this poem. And he was an avowed atheist. And I think that comes off very clearly in the words that he pens. A couple of things I'll point out when he says, I thank whatever gods may be. And he talks about having an unconquerable soul. He will not submit. He will not surrender. And then the last stanza, he doesn't care how straight the gate is. That's a direct shot at the message of Jesus Christ, who said, narrow is the gate. Straight is the way that leads to eternal life. He says it matters not how straight the gate is or how charged with punishments are the scroll. He's the master of his fate. He's the captain of his soul. And there you have it. Henley is exercising his independence, his independence from God, his unconquerable soul, his life that it will not be surrendered to anything or anyone. He can do it in his own strength. 
He's the man. He is in charge. He calls the shots in his life. Now, let's just point out the contrast. For the kingdom man, our source is God. For the worldly man, even if they're living a life that exhibits some self-courage, exhibits something noble, exhibits some strength, and even exhibits some virtue that we could model or even respect apart from God, that man is the source and God is not the source. And guys, this goes back to Satan's original sales presentation in the Garden of Eden. And what was it? What was it that Satan appealed to Adam and Eve with? And we actually see here very clearly illustrated by Henley's words. And it's this, you will be like God. And that is what we are seeing all through the world right now. These mixed messages, these self-help messages, these personal development messages that for the Christian we can look to, we can be inspired, we can be motivated by because there's lots of truth, there's good virtue, there's things that we can model from within these messages, but we have to understand the source because when the source is man, this becomes sinful. This becomes something that we will not submit and surrender to. So you have to be careful and you have to exercise discernment on what you're choosing to listen to. And I believe this is why Jesus said, be careful how you hear. And guys, this is such a big issue. This will be and is the issue of our day right now when I'm talking about this original lie that you will be like God. Right now, do you know that in the New Age movement, this is the message? You know, we can get our way to enlightenment, nirvana, Zen, this place where we will be godlike, we will be just like God. Um, right now, there are people working behind the scenes in technology, and not even behind the scenes, it's pretty much in the open at this point, trying to create a new humanity, one that lives forever, one that's connected to AI, one that has designer DNA. And the message there that I believe is already there now, and you'll, you'll see it continue to evolve and come forward and emerge, is that God has placed us in bondage and we must free ourselves from him. And that is what Satan told Adam and Eve in the garden. It's also the line of thinking that says God's trying to hold us back and that he, not Satan, is the one that's bringing us into bondage. That they actually believe God wants to put you in bondage. He does not want you to uncover your God consciousness. And in the day you eat the fruit, you will be like him. Doesn't that sound so familiar? You're the captain of your soul. You're the master of your fate. You're the one that's really in control. Don't you want to be like God? And that is what's being promised right now. And if you don't believe me, um, you could just check the news. You can Google. You can take a look at what's being said right now in the field of altering genetics, of changing the human genome through all different mechanisms and technology to bring us into a state or to bring a subpopulation into a state of living forever. And they believe the lie. They believe they're going to get there. They believe they can do it. So we can see here that what Henley believed is what Satan propagates. You're the captain. You're in control. You call the shots. You don't surrender. You're never conquered by anyone or anything. And I want to remind you, Satan is very humanistic. Remember when he shows up in the garden, you know, he doesn't approach with dark magic. He doesn't approach with the occult. What he does use is a false light. And he's known as an angel of light. He has this false light, this deceptive light that he brings in, this false sense of empowerment, this false sense of liberation. And his message is this. It's really simple. You are the source. You have the light. You can be like God. It's a message of independence. 
And when you live a life that's rooted in independence, the Bible tells us that that is rooted in the old Adam, the Adamic nature that every human has. And when we're in that nature, when we're operating from that old Adam state of mind, that mindset, that nature that's within man, we always work in our own power. It's something that we take on and say, we're going to do it by grit, grind, hustle, and strength. And there's no union with God here. There's no energy or empowerment from a supernatural source that we know as Christian men. Now, I want to give you an illustration of this because I believe the perfect picture in scripture, there's many, but I'm going to give you one right now, and it's Cain and Abel. And let me break this down for you very quickly and show you what I'm talking about because Cain brings an offering from the best of what he can produce, and that offering gets rejected. If you know the story, Cain worked with the ground. He had vegetables, he had fruit, he had plants, veg vegetation that he worked with, and Abel raised sheep. Abel listens to the Lord. He brings a sacrifice that's worthy. He slays one of the best of his lambs. He brings it to the Lord and offers it as a sacrifice. And Cain brings an offering as well. And Cain's offering is from the fruit of the ground. And I actually believe Cain's offering was the best of what he had to offer. I believe he offered the best. He brought God the best of what he could provide in his own strength, but it wasn't what God required. So we have an illustration of Cain producing, of man producing with his best efforts, everything he can do in his own power and his own strength, and God rejects it. It's a picture for us guys of using our best, our willpower, but if it's not rooted in Christ, it's not acceptable. Abel offers what God requires and Cain brings the best he can. If you want to go more into this message, I actually break this down in The War of Two Wisdoms. I'll drop the link below so you can check that out if you want to listen to that episode. It's where we dive into the message of two wisdoms. There's an earthly wisdom and there's a heavenly wisdom. You can look at that for yourself. You're going to find out that the earthly wisdom is actually demonic wisdom. And Jesus points that out to Peter in the Gospels. Okay, so what is the response to Invictus? What is the response? How do we respond to this? And I want to give you a Christian perspective because at the beginning of the 20th century, there was a woman named Dorothy Day who actually responded to Henley's manifesto, Invictus, and she responded with a poem. Remember, Invictus means unconquered. She responded with a poem that was titled Conquered. And guys, I want to read this to you. It's about equal in length and it's powerful. Out of the light that dazzles me, Bright as the sun from pole to pole, I thank the God I know to be for Christ, the conqueror of my soul. Since his, the sway of circumstance, I would not wince nor cry aloud. Under the rule which men call chance, my head with joy is humbly bowed. Beyond this place of sin and tears, that life with him and his the aid that, spite the menace of the years, keeps and will keep me unafraid. I have no fear, straight the gate. He cleared from punishment the scroll. Christ is the master of my fate. Christ is the captain of my soul. Guys, that is powerful. I'm going to leave it right there. Until the next time we speak, let's raise the standard. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If what you heard here today resonated with you and you want to fully step in to be the man that God created and called you to be, then I want to give you a free guide. It's called The Map, and you can get it at standard59.com. 
In the map, I will give you 12 biblical strategies that every kingdom man pursuing biblical masculinity must honor. If you're ready to step off the sidelines and pursue the upward call, then get the map today at standard59.com. That's standard59.com. Hey, if there's a brother in your life that needs to hear this message, then share this show with them. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps get the message out there to more men. Until the next show, guys, let's raise the standard.